the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi, everybody. Ron Geyer, End Time Insights. Welcome back. It's always good to be here. It's been an exciting week. Exciting month is taking place. We are seeing, hopefully, the ending, the phasing out of the virus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, We're seeing things happening in America before the election. Uh, We're about to replace the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, hopefully with a conservative judge. And I believe this is all part and parcel you know, the church has been praying, and I think in the midst of everything that we've done wrong in America, abortion stands alone at the top. And I believe Mr. Trump will appoint, I, I think it's going to be that Catholic lady, and he's going to appoint her as the next Supreme Court judge. And I believe we are going to overturn Roe v. Wade. I believe it is God's heart to overturn Roe v. Wade. There's a wonderful Catholic lady. I feel bad. I don't remember her name. I'll get it next week. Do you know who I'm talking about? She's a wonderful lady. And yes, yes, that's her. Very good. Amy Barrett. And she was on the short list last time. And many thought he should have put her in there. But I believe she's going to get in. It's going to be exciting. And we're going to get this abortion issue dealt with once and for all. Thank you, Jesus. So keep praying. I want to talk today about good versus God. There's many good ideas, but they're not necessarily God ideas. I'm sure everybody's heard one type of sermon on this and I want to give my take, and I'm doing this in light of the so-called peace accord that just took place between Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates and Israel. And people are praising it. People uh, that I love and respect in the body of Christ are saying it's a good deal. And people are excited because they think it's going to bring lasting peace. Truth be told, it won't. That's not going to happen. But I'll give you a couple of the specifics about it, and let's put it up under the light of God's Word and Maybe get God's opinion on this, okay? But uh, let me start here. As our nation, as we're moving forward, the virus is winding down. We're heading into the holiday season. Summer's passed us down here in Houston. And things are cooling down on that front. The fact that Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away now, that's taking some of the headlines away about the virus and hopefully some of the fears that are going with it. We'll see all of that cease. But at some point, the past lies about it, the pandemic aspect to it, which has fostered a spirit of national fear in America. It's going to be important that we in the church begin to hear from God again. Very important. The difference between us and the church and the world is that we have the life of God living inside of us, and they don't. The life, this life of God living in us is in the person of the Holy Spirit, and that should enable us to be able to communicate with God intimately on a daily basis. As we recommit to reading our Bibles, that's going to be key. 
We place ourselves on destiny's doorstep as we assume the responsibility for the future of our nation. America needs the church. America needs the church rising and speaking truthfully and loving unconditionally and just letting them know what it looks like to have a relationship with God where there is no fear, there's no violence, there's no hate, there's a supernatural peace, a love that covers all sin. And we need to go back to that spirit in America. When I was growing up as a kid, that was a predominant spirit. People were nice to one another. But now the devil's been unleashed. It's a horrendous time as we draw closer to the end of the age. And the church has a role to play, and we need to get back into that. As the churches begin to reopen, it's imperative that we know the difference between what is good or what is a good idea and what is a God idea. What is God saying? Good plans sound good to our ears. They may even be good. But if it isn't birthed from the heart of God, it will only fail. We don't need a move of goodness in America. We need a move of godness in America. I like that. And so let's use the recent Abraham Accord. I want to show you the difference. The Abraham Accord was a series of two treaties rolled into one recently. It was signed by Israel and the United Arab Emirates Republic and Bahrain as an example of something that may seem good on first look. But as you delve into it a little bit deeper, is it really a God idea? Proverbs 21.30, there is no wisdom nor understanding nor counsel against the Lord. Basically, what the writer is saying is that there's God's counsel, there's God's understanding, there's God's knowledge, and you measure what man does up against that, you see it always falls short. God has divine knowledge. He's got divine wisdom. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what we should do. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge God and he will direct your path. The question is, the people that were making this treaty, did they lean unto their own understanding? Did they walk in their carnal wisdom? Or did they seek God's wisdom in this? This scripture tells us quite simply, it's either God's way or the highway. God is sovereign. He is wisdom. And if we will only ask, he will give that wisdom to us. I'm going to use the Living Bible for this next verse. I really love it. It's great. We use it in marriage all the time. Proverbs 2, 6, the Lord gives wisdom. His every word is a treasure of knowledge and understanding. Don't you love that? His every word is a treasure of knowledge and understanding. God grants wisdom. He opens up that treasure to give us his wisdom. Mm. The accord, the it's called the Abraham Accord, and it has created a peace agreement between Bahrain and Israel and between the United Arab Emirates and Israel. And it always sounds good, peace, we're all for peace. Yet, if one looks closely, you're going to see that nobody invited God to the peace talks. Nobody gave him a seat at the table. Nobody asked him what he thought. Actually, they didn't even need to ask him. He had already spoken all that needed to be spoken about the Israeli accord with Bahrain and United Arab Emirates Republic. All they had to do was read their Bibles. One huge sticking point in the negotiations with Israel's continued settlement of Jews in the West Bank. The UAE said the ceasing of this annexation, boy, what a misnomer that is, of the West Bank, the UAE said that the ceasing of the annexation of the West Bank must stop. Netanyahu was, as his responsibility is, had told the Jews that beginning in July they were going to start resettlement of Jews in the West Bank area. This current deal that we just signed, they just signed, all we did was broker it. The current deal that they just signed ended that. Actually, it postponed it. It put it off till 2024. That means for the next four years, Israel is not allowed to settle Jews on the West Bank. Now, God had an opinion on that, but nobody asked him. Exodus twenty-three thirty-one. 
And I will set thy bounds, saith the Lord, from the Red Sea even unto the sea of the Philistines, and from the desert unto the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and thou shalt drive them out before thee. So God spoke regarding the West Bank and who's supposed to live there. And according to the scripture, the Jews are. And according to the scripture, if there's anybody there before they get there, they're to drive them out, which they did back in the day. But since then, you know how their rejection of the Messiah has uh, resulted in all sorts of judgments against Israel, all sorts of persecutions against them. Very tough time. And so they have uh, had to fight back to get their land May 14th, 1948. And they went ahead and they've inhabited the land since then. And God is saying, I will set the bounds. I will decide what the boundaries of Israel are going to be. And I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand and you shall drive them out before thee. So God's opinion, Israel is entitled to settle Israelites in the West Bank. Doesn't matter what this new accord says. It's a violation of God's word. So you have the mind of God against the mind of man. The mind of man causes a peace deal when the mind of God says it's a violation of my word. So just on that alone, you can see this is not a good deal. It's not a God deal. If it's not a God deal, it's not a good deal. Furthermore, in verse 32 on Exodus 23, thou shalt make no covenant with them nor with their gods. So (laughs) not only did they make a covenant with them that violates the word of God, but they made a covenant with them. And God said, you can't make a covenant with them. I will not allow you to make a covenant with them. They shall not dwell in your land, lest they make thee sin against me. For if thou serve their gods, it will surely be a snare unto you. So by making a covenant with them, by allowing them, by consenting with them that they may put the PLO in there, they have violated the word of God on several levels, and they will get a snare unto them. Trust me, this is not going to work out good for them. Jehovah had already spoken on this particular subject. His opinion was written down. It was in writing. It was there for everybody to see. But why wasn't he given a voice? Well, Isaiah 5 is going to answer that in verse 12. But they, the Jewish children he's talking to, but they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of his hands. Wow. They are not paying attention to God. They are not watching what he's doing. They are not seeing how he restored. Remember the Six-Day War? It was 1967. And cut to the chase, Israel defeated an aggressive Egypt, Jordan, and it might have been Syria. But these nations, they made a covenant that they would attack Israel. Israel beat them to the punch. They wiped out their air force, their planes. They destroyed, I think it was like 20,000 troops of theirs. They only lost 1,000 of their own. It was a huge, humiliating defeat for Egypt, Syria, and Jordan. In that defeat, Syria reclaimed some of the lands that God had previously deeded to them. Don't forget, God, when God gives you a land, it is yours. And so Israel now owns the Golan Heights, which is over uh, up north. They own the West Bank, which houses East Jerusalem. And they also own the Gaza Strip, which is by Egypt. Israel has won those battles. So they were settling in those lands. And yet every time you see a peaceful land deal, usually brokered by an American president, the prerequisite for beginning the peace talks is they want Israel to go back to those pre-1967 boundaries. That means Israel has to give up the Gaza Strip, Israel has to, or the Sinai, Israel has to give up the West Bank, Jerusalem, Israel has to give up the Golan Heights. 
And they can't be doing that. That is a violation of God's word. That's why these aspects of this plan are not good because they violate God's word. And it says it right here, though, that because Israel has not regarded the work that God did in that war. You talk to any Israelite and that, that was around then, they will tell you what a miracle it was that they won that war. It was in six days. They were outnumbered. They were outarmied. They were outweaponed. And yet God supernaturally brought them victory. Why? Because God's will for Israel is that they live in that land. He deeded that land to them. God honors his word. And yet Israel has forgotten who God is. They did not consider what he did back then. How can you make an agreement where you have fought a war? God has given you the land which he said was going to be yours. How can you make an agreement with anybody that says you're not allowed to settle in those lands? That is not a good deal. I don't care. We love Franklin Graham. He's making a mistake. We love Dr. Jeffers. He's making a mistake. You may not give away God's land. You may not make a contract with the heathen that says you will not settle in that land. This is not a good plan. In my opinion, all three nations, plus the role America played, President Trump, none of them sought for God's opinion. The result, the world will tell you this is a good plan. Even Christian leaders that I just mentioned of renown, they say it's a good plan because of peace, yet it isn't a God plan. Hence, it will fail. It will not stand. Truth be told, it's not even a good plan. It is a plan that not only didn't seek the counsel of the Lord, it's a plan that violated the counsel of God as well. And remember the scripture, we opened with it. There is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. You cannot say you're flowing in wisdom when you are violating what God has said. Isaiah tells us the Jews were in trouble because they didn't consider the operations of God's hands. They had no regard for the work that God had done to get them that land. That's a terrible position to find oneself in. And unfortunately for Israel, it will come back to bite them. The very next verse that says that they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of his hands, verse 13 Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. They have no knowledge of the plans of God. They have no understanding of the work that God's done. They have no remembrance that God fought for them. He gave them great deliverance, and they so easily allow these lands to be taken away from them. I am astounded, to be honest. I understand Israel doesn't know Jesus Christ, but we know God in America. We've got the Bible as part of our foundation for our Christian heritage. We were founded on Christian principles, and we have been used by God greatly to defend Israel and to support Israel and to speak up for Israel in the UN since 1948 and even in the years of the formation before them. And we should not have made this deal. We should not have insisted on it. It's bad. You know, we're also giving away uh, weapons. We're giving away fighter jets to Bahrain. I, I give you, I give you the truth, man. These jets, they are going to be used at some point against Israel. That's just the nature of what's going on over there. Let's see. We know Israel is already in trouble for their rejection of the Messiah. They're making mistake after mistake, and that's what happens. Remember they said, let his blood be upon us and upon our children. Man, that's terrible. I would never say that. But we're seeing it manifested. You know, I know the black community feels like they've been persecuted and they've been slaves longer than anybody. Nothing compares to the amount of slavery that Israel's been under. They have been held captive by satanic forces for over 2,000 years, 3,000 years, 4,000 years. They have rejected God and they are paying the price for that. They are being punished by him and they will be a target of his wrath all the way through the tribulation. But not so the United States. We're a Christian nation and we should have known better. We never should have brokered that deal. Uh, I pray for President Trump. I love President Trump. He's a wonderful man, but he needs to be careful concerning Israel. In my opinion, the only thing that could cause him to stumble in this election would be making deals that violate the sovereignty of Israel. Remember this, 
since President Bush, the first Daddy Bush, no two-state solution. God will not have a two-state solution. A two-state solution to the problem in the Middle East means that you are giving the PLO, that terrorist organization, international terrorist organization, you are giving them land and making them a, a state recognized by the UN right in the middle of Israel. Can't do it. And you cannot promote that. You cannot broker a deal that says that. Proverbs fourteen twelve. There is a way which seems right unto man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. In this warning from God, we see the danger of following one's own wisdom. A way that seems right to man can end up in death. In this case, death for the success of the deal or death for Israel or death for Bahrain or the United Arab Emirates Republic. Part of the terms of the deal included the sale of high-tech fighter planes to Bahrain. These planes, they rain death upon those that they target. Right now, they will not be in use. But once the so-called peace plan falls apart, it's a sure bet the planes will be in use. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if they were used against Israel. And remember this, that the peace that they've talked about, number one, Israel and Bahrain were not at war. Israel and the UAE were not at war. Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates Republic, they're more of the lesser known, softer nations over there, the less anti-Israel antagonistic views they hold. They're not like Syria or Iran. And yet we declared it a peace. You have to have war to have peace. And we were not at odds with them. I understand what's going on. The word a President Trump is trying to build a consensus of the nations over there to uh, restore diplomatic relations where Israel is acknowledged as a, a sovereign entity and they are allowed to enter into trade deals. And it just lessens the threat politically in a military sense. I understand that. I get that. But you don't do it by giving up Israel's land. You cannot do that. The church is supposed to be living by the wisdom of God. It's so important. When we come to the table with Israel, when President Trump goes to the table and make a deal with Israel, he needs to be walking in that wisdom of God. Matthew Henry, he wrote about the fact here that we're not following God here in America. So when we make treaties like this, we're going to be walking in the wisdom of man. Matthew Henry on Isaiah 5, they confound and overthrow distinctions between good and evil. The people that reject God, they prefer their own reasoning. Man prefers his own reasoning to divine revelation, their own devices to the counsels and commands of God. And man, you've hit the nail on the head concerning America. We have said we don't need the wisdom of God. We have said we don't need the counsel of God. Israel is over there and they've forgotten God. I get that. America is over here. We've not forgotten God. We've rejected God. We have not only rejected God, we are pushing him out. We are trying to remove him from our society. The church is supposed to be living by the wisdom of God. Revelation knowledge is the key component to knowing and understanding the will of the Father. Revealed knowledge from God's Holy Spirit of truth is the rock upon which Christ is building his church. The church isn't man's idea. It's God's idea. And he will grow the church and he will provide for the increase. Matthew sixteen thirteen through 18 talks about when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, and he said, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, some others say that Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But who do you say that I am? And, of course, Simon Peter opened up his mouth, <laughs> and he said, Thou art the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood, man's wisdom did not reveal it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. 
revelation knowledge, the voice of the Holy Spirit giving Peter divine wisdom was what Jesus said revealed it to him. And then Jesus said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He didn't mean to say he was building the church upon Peter. Peter's just a man. Jesus isn't going to build his church upon Peter. But he said, I'm going to build my church upon the revelation knowledge, the fact, the truth, that the Holy Spirit of God revealed to you that I am the Messiah. And that is so important. That's how the churches should be growing. Many modern-day churches, very large ones, in fact, they've got good ideas. They've created business models for successful church growth. And it is a good idea in the natural realm. These churches may grow quite large, yet if you look closely at them, past their carnal success, past their programs, past their huge popularity and their good worldly name, you most likely find the absence of God's presence. Psalm 127 verse 1, except the Lord built the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman walketh but in vain. I think we've seen a void in the Holy Spirit in the churches during this pandemic, the last six months. Many churches have closed. Many are still closed. I don't understand that. Probably the great majority of churches are still closed. We've become quite carnal in our Christianity. It's the reason so many churches are still closed. There's no fire from God in most of these churches. Man cannot close the church of the living God, if the truth be told. It is the pillar and the ground of truth. If Jesus said he would build the church, then build it he will. Once again, has anyone continued to ask God, Lord, what's your opinion about the closing of these churches? Did we ask him, should we close, Lord? You know, it may sound good and wise to close because of the virus. I get that. But where is God on this? Don't we give him a voice? Once more, we have forsaken our God. In Israel, they forgot about God. In America, we have rejected God. Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. God's talking to to Israel. He's talking to their priests, their leaders, their shepherds, their pastors. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, saith the Lord, I will also reject thee. Thou shalt be no longer a priest to me, seeing that you have forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget your children. Well, look at that promise. Is it any wonder what we're having, the abortions? Is it any wonder our children aren't safe? Pedophilia is on the rise. We're trying to make it legal in California, lessening the penalties for it. God has removed his hand of protection from our children. Why? Because we have rejected him. Once more, man in his wisdom has decided we know better than God. We have told God no to his plans, his love, his wisdom, and his word. We don't need it, we have said. And of course, life carries a penalty for such pagan lifestyles. Isaiah 5:24 Therefore as the fire devours the stubble and the flame consumes the chaff so their root shall be as rottenness and their blossoms shall go up as dust because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts and have despised the word of the holy one of Israel It breaks my heart to say this but man we in America have despised the word of the Lord We not only don't preach it in our churches We not only don't encourage the reading of the Bible, we have violated pretty much every ordinance that God has written down in the Ten Commandments. The Democrat Party has, you just know them by everyone. Thou shalt not murder, they murder our children. Thou shalt not steal, they're in the midst of stealing our freedoms. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. They're promoting adultery, they're making it legal, they are doing gay marriage, homosexual lifestyles. If you can find it in the word of God, they have violated it. Have we so easily cast away the law of the Lord? Is it one thing to reject the word of God? I understand that. It's quite another to despise it. 
Yet, that is who we have become. That is what we have done. America is finding out just what a life without God looks like. The holy God of Israel. From this point on, America will either return to holiness and the God of our covenant, or we will continue to reject him and despise his word, just like the Jews did, and we will be forced to live the rest of our days here, forsaken by the God who loves us, and set adrift to meander through life on our own through our carnal wisdom, which, as James talks about, this wisdom of man, this wisdom that doesn't descend from God, it is earthly, it is sensual, and it is devilish. We have a choice to make. We're running out of time to make it. We need to get back into our churches and start preaching the word of God. We need to listen to the man or woman of God as they preach the love of God, the truth of God from the pulpit. I pray that's the choice that we make. I'm Ron Guy. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.